Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is with Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, April 4, 2022. Dear friends, Italy has come out of the official state of emergency, the one declared by the government, but the virus continues to spread and to make victims. There are fewer obligations imposed from above and an appeal to the responsibility of the individuals. Uh, it's a path towards the malady that perhaps will have another milestone in a month on May 1st, when, unless problems arise during this month, we could say goodbye to masks in closed sp- places. Yet, we are dealing with a variant that is still very widespread among the population, with almost 1,300,000 active uh, infected and very contagious. Estimates say that its rate of contagiousness is around 16, practically like measles, compared to 2.4 of the first version of COVID. This makes the virus extremely dangerous yet, especially for those 5 million Italians who have not been been vaccinated and for the 8 million who, perhaps because of the perception of improvement, have not done the third dose, the booster one. Since three weeks the numbers do not go down anymore, they remain constant. Yesterday there were 70,000 new cases and almost 130 deaths. We cannot say that the pandemic is over if we lose 130 Italians every day because of the virus, or at least with the virus. The hospitals are not full, but neither are they emptying. The high number of contagions does not translate into a strong increase in hospitalizations as in the third wave, but it becomes very important to defend the frail elderly who have other diseases. Unfortunately, they are, for the most part, the 130 or so people who die every day in Italy for COVID or with COVID. In Italy, there is concern about the announcement of the Russian government that has declared to suspend the supply of its gas to countries that it considers hostile, among which there is also Italy, which will not pay in rubles the Russian currency, although the contracts signed by both parties clearly say that the payments must be made in euros or dollars. The Italian government, which like other European uh, European countries will not pay in rubles, argues that we have enough ga- gas reserves uh, to get to the summer, when much less will be used because temperatures will have risen. So at least for now there will be no problem if Russian gas stops arriving in Italy. After the beginning of the war, Italy signed contracts with other suppliers that will allow us to replace half of the Russian gas that we imported before the war. For the other half, it will take longer, longer, but from now on, every European country is increasing its reserves in view of the coming winter, which promises to be quite complicated. In the meantime, the Italian economy already is complicated and has many problems today. Soaring inflation brings increases of up to 2,000 euros more per year for each Italian family. Estimates for March say that prices are rising for the ninth consecutive month, with inflation coming in at plus 6.7% in March. Such a high level has not been seen for 30 years since July 1991. And the estimates of Confindustria, the Association of Italian Entrepreneurs, foresee for 2022 the first two quarters in recession and then a growth of 1.9%, much less than the government forecasts, which speaks of a growth in 2022 of 2.8%, however, almost two points less than the forecasts of six months ago when no one thought that war would break in Ukraine. 
The latest edition of the Global Attractiveness Index, the index that measures the level of attractiveness of other of over 140 countries around the world, has just been published. The report describes a Europe that is highly attractive but still fragile, and a suffering Italy constantly threatened by the greater speed of the others, but very resistant. Europe was one of the areas hardest hit by the economic crisis triggered by COVID-19, with a percentage contraction twice that of the world average, minus 6.5% versus minus 3.2%. However, over the last five years, 20 European countries out of 27 have shown an improvement or maintained a stable position in the global attractiveness ranking. In the group of European countries that have improved, Italy is also included. In the 2021 global ranking, Italy stops in 20th place with a loss of two positions due to a drop in performance in terms of foreign direct investment. However, the overall score is improving. Over the 2017-2021 period, Italy has recovered on several European countries, gaining five positions compared to the 2017 ranking. Nevertheless, there is still a lot of work to be done on the ability to attract investments, particularly on the front of investments with a high rate of innovation. <coughs> if on the one hand the overall performance is emblematic of our chronic weaknesses, on the other hand there are also high expectations for growth, which bodes well for the future. The European Recovery Plan that assigns Italy the highest share, more than 210 billion euros, was not just an impromptu show of solidarity, but a real industrial policy plan which focuses on a renewed role of public-private partnerships for the acceleration of investments that are truly transformative for the economies of member countries. None of the countries that precedes Italy shows a simultaneous condition of balance between dynamism sustainability and growth expectations similar to ours. This means that we are in a unique condition and then Italy has an excellent base on which to build, above all by making reforms and investments to close the gap with the best performing countries. <clears throat> a survey about Italian and, Italians and wine says that during the pandemic the love of Italians for wine has grown and 9 out of 10 Italians consume it. As my friends know, I'm that one out of ten, the one who does not drink wine, with the one and only exception of Lombrusco, the wine from the region where my roots are, Emilia-Romagna. By the way, in the two years of the pandemic saw a growth of wine consumers, especially among young Italians, protagonists of a moderate and conscious approach. According to the survey, the most marked growth trend concerned the consumption of mixed wines, mainly spritzes, which encountered a penetration of 63% of the audience compared to 56% in 2019. All other types also increased well, with sparkling wines, reds and whites, all at 81%, they were 77%, and rosés at 63% compared to 57% in 2019. But numerousness does not always rhyme with quantity. Sparkling wine, but also rosé wines and spritz, are in fact the object of occasional consumption, in particular by the under 40s, with a share of those who drink them weekly below 20%. <coughs> The approach to red wine is different. Red wine remains the hardcore of the habitual with about 60% of baby boomers, those over 55 years, who consume it two, three times a week and even one third every day. There is a growth in the approval rating for organic, sustainable wines, which conquered the first place among the products indicated with the greatest growth potential in the coming years. On average, in the last 12 months, Italians have consumed 4.1 glasses per person, 
per week. It was 3.8 percent, 3.8 in 2019. Also, regionality remains a fixed point among the future preferences of consumers, with Veneto, Tuscany, Piedmont in their lead, but also Puglia and Sicily. Now, in the last video, I told you about the soccer balls found on the roof of a church, a legacy of a past in which young Italians played soccer in the courtyards of churches, free and carefree, unlike today. In fact, a recent, uh, recently published uh, study demonstrates that, unfortunately, in Italy, youth and sports are now worlds apart. There are about 35 million Italians who follow and are interested in at least one sport and 15.5 million Italians who practice it regularly. But only one Itali young Italian out of 10 plays sports. While in general only 27% of the adult population plays sports on a regular basis and more than half of these active athletes are at least 45 years old. More than 6 out of 10 active Italians who practice a sport are men. And in the most popular sport, which is still soccer, with swimming in second place, the presence of women is still limited to 17%. The sports system contributes significantly to the Italian economy, thanks to the work of 65,000 sports club, clubs, 10,000 production companies, 9,000 facility management companies, and 50 publishing and betting companies. Overall, it employs approximately 400,000 people. According to this research, sports still produces annual revenues of 96 billion euros and contributes 3.6% of Italian GDP. This research wells in its interpretation of a progressive removal from the practice of interest and interest in sports, with another report released days ago which shows how in Italy is advancing youth obesity and sedentariness and widens the gap between North and South in the index of health and in that of infrastructures in sport. The areas with the highest unemployment, which were once the engine of social revenge through sport, are now the areas with the fewest opportunities for sporting activity. It's all for now, it's all for today. My name is Umberto Mucci and this was with Italian News. Please stay safe, please take care. I'll see you next Thursday. Ciao from Rome.